Holy crap, holy crap, oh wow, wait, holy crap, You, it is you, you're back! Welcome, it's Friday, January 17th, and welcome to this week's edition of Perma Death Weekly. It has been a humdinger of a week for video game news. Delays, announcements, people stepping out of E3, weird philosophies for next gen, all kinds of crapola, and some interesting rumors about Sony exclusives coming to PC. What the fuck's going on? The year just started, you maniacs. Give us some time to get out of bed. Holy F. Hope you've had a good week. I hope, you know, outside of the world of video games, you had a good meal. You talked to somebody you liked. I don't mean love. That doesn't have to mean love. You know, I'm not talking about like-like. This isn't Hey Arnold. I'm just talking about you generally like them. You know? Hey, that person's cool. I got to talk to them today about, well, what do you usually talk to them about? Mall teasers. I'm looking around the room for things to talk about. No socks. Whatever it was, I hope it was good. Because if it wasn't good, and this is how you're ending your week, without any other interactions, it's just me. I'm your vessel. I'm your vessel for conversation. Look, I can't I can't hear you. If you're talking to me, I, I can't hear you. You can tweet me, though, at Peppered Ham. Uh, but welcome... <laughs> First thing I'm going to talk about, I'm going to try to get right into the right into the, the thick of it here because there's a lot I want to go over. Um, is Super Smash Brothers, and the reason I, I want to do that first is I am not deeply rooted in Smash Brothers. I like the game. I I buy every one that comes out because it's fun to play with friends. It's fun to play with family. You know, it's fun to buy it and think like and think that you're going to be good at it. Like you're, like this is the one you're going to spend time with. Like, ah, oh, this is the one, man. This is the one I'm gonna learn a character. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do some local, th- you know, find the local scene, you know, meet a guy named Al, and like, you know, just play a lot of Smash, you know? You know, you like to think that every time a Smash Brothers game comes out, don't you? But it never, it never happens. <laughs> every time I buy a Smash, I play it heavily for a week with friends, and then I never play it again. Because I realize as I lay in bed alone at three in the morning, that I'm not good at this. I'm not good at Smash Brothers. So, I don't usually get swept up in the hype around announcing characters. You know, um, and even when they announce characters that I am super fond of. I mean, in this case, for Fighter Pass 1, I mean, Joker, I mean, Persona 5 is, is one of my favorite games of the generation. So, like, having him in Smash is huge. You know, having, you know, Persona stages and, and, and you know, support trophies and stuff like that. You know, based around Persona and hearing remix tracks from Persona 5 and 4 is sick. That's a really cool, you know, tribute to Persona and Persona fans. I, honestly, I bought the pass for some reason. Again, you know, you want to you want to think you're going to do something. You know, you feel good about about something as you're buying it. And, you know, you have all this evidence to go off of that you're probably not ever going to play any of these characters. But you buy it anyway. I bought Fighter Pass 1. I didn't play Joker once. <laughs> I haven't played Smash probably since it came out, honestly. But, you know, it is what it is. So, I'm not the one who's going to really, like, you know, sit down and analyze who's going to get announced, who's not going to get announced, why is this announcement bad for the game, why is this announcement good for the game. I just generally like it. I like it when, you know, Smash reveals happen. It's fun. It's fun to look at everybody. You know, enjoy themselves or not enjoy themselves in this particular instance. Um, but I, I have no personal stakes. It's a lot like Pokemon. Uh, you know, where like, I, you're not going to find me frothing at the mouth. Um, but you know, to, to make a long story short, they announced the Smash Brothers character today as I'm recording this yesterday, as you're listening to this. 
And, you know, all kinds of speculation as to who this could be. You know, people are running away with it. You know, Sora, Dante, you know, and I'm over here just like hoping maybe it's a Yakuza character, you know. Um, turned out to be another Fire Emblem character, Byleth, um, your little avatar vessel from Fire Emblem Three Heroes, the newest Fire Emblem game to be released onto the Nintendo Switch. More on that game later, by the way. And a lot of people were very mad about it. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with Smash, if you're not familiar with angry people on the internet, um, you wouldn't know that most people are, are, are not happy with the amount of representation that Fire Emblem has within Smash Brothers. Um, a lot of Fire Emblem characters are in the game. A lot of people don't like that because a lot of people feel like those characters are too similar to one another. Um, and they think that Sakurai just has a boner, you know, to be, to, you know, you know, to be blunt, um, for Fire Emblem. And you know what? If that if he does have a boner for Fire Emblem, dude, let him bone it up. Who you know? I, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> clearly, Smash Bros. is a passion project for Sakurai. It happens to be a very commercially popular passion project. You know, so these reveals, you know, everyone has their own personal wish. But I mean, it's Sakurai's game. It's the game he's working on. He loves Fire Emblem. He wants to put more Fire Emblem characters in the game. You know, I think it's especially evident nowadays with these very long presentations that Sakurai does for each character that he spends a lot of time thinking about about these additions. You know, a lot of time thinking about how to make this character work within his video game. And it's, I think, really endearing to watch that stuff. You know, whether you... I don't fucking know anything about Terry Brogard, but, you know, it's it's... It's fun to listen to the man talk shop about a character in a series that he's passionate about because it means that he's passionate about this DLC. And, you know, regardless of whether or not you like Fire Emblem, regardless of whether or not you give a shit if Byleth is in the game or not, it's, I think, encouraging for everybody. And everybody should be, I'm not saying happy with the choice. You don't have to like it, obviously. Um, and I, and I totally understand the sentiment, by the way, of like, you know, not really, you know, oh man, really? Like, it's another Fire Emblem character? Like, you know, I, I get, I get the sentiment. But at the same time, Smash is something that has given people so much, and that's all on Sakurai's shoulders, right? Like, that's, that is the man, that is the man responsible for it. And if what's driving his passion towards adding new content to his game are these particular characters, you know, don't be happy about it, but also don't be a dick about it. You know, I think that's important. I think that's obviously the lesson you can learn about anything, you know, like, like Pokemon, like any, anything anyone has to stink about, you know, it, it's okay to not be happy about something. It's okay to not like it, you know, obviously, otherwise we'd all be machines and robots, but don't be a dick about it. You know what I mean? These people have Twitters. These people have lives. These people have personalities and a conscience and they're living. They're, what I'm trying to say is they're human beings. They, they're alive. Um, it's it's not okay to be total pieces of trash to to somebody about it, um, which you know the takes I've seen today about Byleth being out of the Smash, pretty pretty nasty, <laughs> pretty dismissive and nasty, um, you know. Uh, but with that came the announcement also that there are six more characters coming, and of course everyone on the internet collectively instantly made the same joke. Wow, six more Fire Emblem characters. You know, just whoever got the Photoshop done fast enough to put that on the advertisement for Fighter Pass 2 um, got the clout. Um, so um, that's something to look forward to. Six more effing characters uh, th- up through tw- 2021. There's going to be new Smash stuff coming out. Again, be mad at the man all you want for having another Fire Emblem character, but, but he's not stopping. 
Give the man this. Let the man have his fucking Byleth, okay? Am I saying that right? Is it Byleth? Or is it Byleth? Because I don't have the name in front of me, and I think it's Byleth. But yeah, let, let the man have his damn Fire Emblem character, you son of a bitch. You know? Let, let him let him enjoy himself for one of these characters. There's six more coming. Now, if one of the next six is somebody from Fire Emblem Three Houses, then maybe you can, you can side-eye him a little bit. You could be like, whoa, wait a second here. Disregard everything Billy said on, on a weekly. Sakurai, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, hey, it's all fun. You know, the, the, the Smash stuff is always, is always a, a, a brand of crazy that, you know, is unlike any other type of DLC reveal, you know? Um, and what I mean by that too is any kind of tweet Nintendo makes about any game you know, is flooded with replies about, hey, where's the Smash character? Where's Fighter 6? Where's Fighter this? Where, you know, when's the Smash reveal? When's this, you fucker? You know? Um, it gets a little wacky. That part gets a little wacky. Well, you know, leave the developers of the free-to-play Kirby game alone for a second. They ain't making your DLC. You know, relax. It's coming. You got a roadmap. Relax. As long as Sakurai's heart still beats, you'll get your announcement, buddy. Oh, man. But, yeah. I, I can't wait to see who's in Fighter Pass 2. Yakuza representation? It's clearly stuff that Sakurai's passionate about at this point. That much we can go off of. So, hey, how about if we uh, all collectively mail him the entire Yakuza series, huh? Get him a little passionate about about the dragon of Dojima. That'd make me a little happy. Hmm? Bust Ganondorf's head with a fucking heat action right off the map. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's Smash Brothers. You know, it's coming. Uh, more fighters coming throughout the next year. Exciting stuff. I think it's exciting stuff. All, all encompassing, you know? But again, I get, I get why some people feel the way that they feel. And speaking of feelings, we have had a handful of video game delays this week, making us feel all sorts of things. Mostly, everyone's been pretty reasonable. Um, today we had arguably the biggest one. I mean, I don't want to take any steam away from the Final Fantasy VII delay. But, I mean, it was delayed a few weeks, you know, or a month, rather. Like, it, whatever, you know. Um, but today, we got the big one. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was announced to be delayed to September 17th. Long ways off now for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Final Fantasy VII was delayed till April 10th, like I said. And the other one that was delayed, which maybe could have... This one probably could have been seen coming from a mile away, maybe more obviously than either of the other two. Um, that's Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Marvel's Avengers? Marvel Avengers? How the fuck do you, how do you, how do you, um, how do you address the Avengers? Is it Marvel's Avengers? Marvel Avengers? Fuck it. It's Avengers. It's the Avengers! By Crystal Dynamics. Um, which, you know, and everything that we've seen of that game has been looking all kinds of like two-faced, you know? Some things sound cool, some things look cool, some things look bad, some things, we don't know what to think about that one. But, um, that one for sure, um, right off the bat, I, I think most people would agree probably. That's probably the best bet for that game. I would love Avengers to come out and, and rock ass, man. It's interesting to think about, I and mean, I'm not going to go on a whole thing up here about what Avengers is and what Avengers isn't. It's weird to think that it's a service game and, you know, you look at the UI stuff that they've shown off recently and it's literally Destiny in terms of its UI and its power levels and it's, like, it has an entire light level system in the game and, and it's super strange to think about what that game is or try to figure out what that game is and, you know, what that game's sustainability is. How it looks going forward. Is it friendly to us? Is it nice to us? 
Or does it just feel grody, you know? Um, but we'll see. We'll see in September now. Um, but yeah, the other two, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Cyberpunk, two very long-awaited video games um, pushed out of the release windows. I don't really have much to say on this. You know what I mean? Like, there's never really any kind of conversation around a game delay, you know? Um, unless it's like a really dramatic one, you know, where it's like, you know, this game's been delayed seven times, you know, and it's traded directors, you know, three times. You know, there's maybe there's some drama here. It's just not, I think all of these games just need more time. Unfortunately, that means more crunch for the people working on it, but, you know, it's, that's the sad part about it. Um, but yeah, so we'll have to wait a little longer for those games. Um, what do you think about that? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, honestly, again, slotting that into the docket of things to talk about. Because there's nothing to talk about. In fact, this is a good thing. Because I think I just mentioned on last week's show, everyone's just dumping all their shit in, into the, into the fucking first three months of this year. That it's nice to not have to worry about cyberpunk in between like Resident Evil 3 and like Animal Crossing. You know, it's nice to not have to worry about Final Fantasy 7, you know, like two weeks before Animal Crossing. You know, like the fact that Final Fantasy 7 is already coming out a week later. Uh, wait, when is Resident Evil 3 coming out? I don't even know. I, I, honestly, there's so many games coming out that my, my dates are all crossed. You know, my calendar lo- looks like I got clonked in the face. It's, it's a relief, I think. A sigh of relief. You know, give these games more time to cook. Give me more time to play the things that are coming out. It's a win-win, you know, in term, in ter- on the consumer side of things. Um, it's interesting, though, to think about cyberpunk. I guess this is the conversation you could have, because we are in the year of next gen. You think about cyberpunk coming out September 17th. That's got, that's on the cusp of next gen. I mean, we're talking these consoles could be out in October, you know, at the earliest. So you have Cyberpunk that comes out September 17th, you know, the, you know, near the end of in the second half, pushing into the second half of September, possibly encroaching on a PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, uh, you know, launch. And what happens with that then, you know? I mean, and again, that just, that just continues to massage the shoulders of the backwards compatibility cross-gen port conversation that I keep having internally, you know, screaming at myself back and forth, you know, but there's no reasons to do ports of, of these past, you know, of these, of these end of the gen games when you could just pop them into your series X or your PS five and have the enhancements already ready to go without the need for a port, you know, without all that extra work and distribution that needs to get done. I would hope anyway, you know, and cyberpunk is an interesting one, you know, I see people speculating on Twitter and stuff that like, you know, September is probably the latest. These people want to get their games out because of next gen, you know, and, and they, they don't want to be left behind by the new games. And it's like, I think these games are just all going to blend into each other. I, like, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I, I, maybe I'm just being too optimistic about it, but I think that the end of this gen and the beginning of next gen, all these games that are coming out in the summer and like, you know, right on the cusp of these console launches, I think they're just going to slide into your new box, man. And, and you're going to be good to go. You know, they're not going to be overshadowed by a new launch or a brand new shiny game because they're going to show you at their launch events for these consoles like, hey, Cyberpunk, hey, Ghost of Tsushima, here's what it'll look like on your PlayStation 5. Here's what it'll look like on your Xbox Series X. And then all these new games coming out just become next-gen games. You know, that that's what what I hope. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> 
Um, and Cyberpunk's release date maybe confirms my suspicions. You know, just a little bit. Um, because, I mean, look what Xbox just announced. Um, I was going to put this later in the docket, but might as well since I'm talking about it. You know, Matt Booty just had a big long conversation about, you know, what, what console generations mean. And the really interesting part of that, um, was his quote was that all of our games will play up and down on their family of devices. He says, uh, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family of devices. We want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel that they made a good investment and we're committed to them with content. So, like, there's, like, no next-gen exclusives to the Series X. You buy Halo Infinite. I mean, we knew for a while now Halo Infinite would play on the on the one. But we didn't know what to think about other possible Series X launch titles. You know, Hellblade 2? You know, the other things coming from their studios that they've acquired? All of that stuff? will play across their entire family of devices, you know, and on PC. So it's interesting to think that there won't be, like, a game you'd need to buy the Series X to play. Now, obviously, you know, you'll want to, if, if you don't have a PC, you know, a beefy a beefy bastard of a PC, and you see someone playing Halo Infinite on the Series X, you're going to want that. But there's not that single piece of software that drives, no launch title that drives you to need to buy a Series X, which leads me to believe, again, that, that the end of this gen and the beginning of the next gen just kind of, hey man, how's it going? Can I take a seat right there? You know, and he and and next gen lets lets this current gen sit down next to it, and everyone's happy. Nothing feels shoved to the side. You know, I'm not sure if PlayStation will take that exact route. Um, you know, I highly doubt that Horizon Two it will play on PS4. I highly doubt that. You know, whatever. What other studios they got? I don't know. Whatever their other big exclusive launch game is, God of War 2 will play on the PS4, but, you know, who knows, um, what they're doing. Because we have rumors now today that there are some pretty big PlayStation 4 games coming to PC. Speculative. Sources have told Kotaku. And most likely if Jason Schreier reports on it, it's probably true. <laughs> um, they reported today that, um, according to sources, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC. And then uh, Eurogamer mentioned that in, in a pretty cryptic tweet, but they capitalized the word dream. Um, speculated that, you know, they don't think Horizon is the only game, and don't be surprised if, you know, they, they could have just said it, uh, if Dreams also comes to PC. So what does that mean, then, for next gen as well? You know, will we will we see kind of the tear? Will Sony have a deal with one of the... PC storefronts to like distribute their games on PC, their their first party games. You know, like will we see Last of Us 2 on PC? Will we see Spider-Man 2 on PC? Like what is going on <laughs> with that stuff? Dreams makes a lot of sense on PC. With, with the creator with the creative tools that you have access to in Dreams, doing that on a controller, look, it's amazing, but it feels like ass. You know, it's intuitive to a point. But for me to pick it up and do it, it's like it's like wrestling with my hands. Like being able to mouse and keyboard stuff in dreams just sounds too good to be true. It's like made for that shit. And just, you know, increasing your your community size for creation's sake is never a bad idea. So dreams make sense. But it's cool to hear Horizon? Well, can we get Bloodborne on PC? Can I play it uncapped Bloodborne for the love of Christ? 
But yeah, all kinds of weird shit. It, it's 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 tough to jump to a, a one specific conclusion because a lot of this stuff is rumor. A lot of this stuff is my sources said. A lot of this stuff is is simply speculation. You know, based on things that Matt Booty has said. You know, based on release dates of games getting pushed to certain spots. There's a lot that you could jump to. There's a lot that we'll be very wrong on. Um, you know, and I feel like I'm going to have conversations like this with myself on Permadeath Weekly a lot leading up to the holiday season because every week, you know, there's one more little piece of information about next gen. And until Sony and Microsoft fully reveal their plans 100%, here's how the PS5 launch looks. Here's how the Xbox ones, uh, the Xbox Series X launch looks. It's going to be constant. Like we're just hungry ass birds pecking at crumbs on the road trying to put together a hoagie. You know, we've got nothing <laughs> but these little tidbits, but it's all exciting stuff. And it all just sounds like walls are coming down. You know, the, that, that line between generations is blurring. That line between Sony first party exclusives and other platforms is blurring. You know, it, it's, it is exciting to say the least. Um, you know, we, we saw crossplay happen this gen. You know, if all these things kind of start, kind of start holding, you know, you know, locking arms together, you know, we'll see though. Because at the beginning of a generation, I feel like you want to go hard at your enemy, right? Like in the middle of this gen, it's like the clear winner was already decided. You know, Sony sold the most systems. Wow. That was a weird hiccup. Should I keep that in? Let me ask the panel. Do I keep that hiccup in? Yeah. Well, that's right. 2020. We want to be real. Um, there were, you know, we, we had a winner this gen for the most part. Um, so like, you know, we saw Sony giving in the crossplay. It took a, it took a strong twist of the arm. Sony's face was red. You know, we, we heard a bone, we heard a piece of a bone pop until Sony finally gave in on crossplay. So I'm not certain if at the beginning of the gen, everyone will be, you know, arms locked together. But I mean, you know, again, with the crumbs we have, lots of very interesting um, concepts and ideas and philosophies flying around as to what next gen will look like from a platform perspective. Um, but yeah, that is all I have from a new spot. I mean, Sony's skipping E3 again. Whatever, it's it understood. E3's going. I, I don't. I don't know what to think of E3. Most people ain't happy with the ESA after that whole doxing thing. You know, they're a bunch of idiots. And, you know, I, I don't really feel sad about it because with next gen coming, you know, Sony will definitely have something to show, just won't be at E3. You know, it's sad in a way to think about, you know, all of the fun we've had watching E3 over the years. You know, all the fun I've had watching it with friends, you know, both Kinross and Abby and some friends in real life. And, you know, just the event that E3 is. And it's so fun to watch the press conferences. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Um, yeah, I know it's a big commercial, but it's fun. Okay, it's fun to make fun of it. It's fun to look at new games. You know, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to be marketed to, especially when it's Bloodborne 2. Come on. So it's sad to think that E3 as we know it, you know, second year in a row. I mean, everyone thought, hey, you know, Sony's skipping it this year, but they'll be back for next gen. Sony clearly doesn't give a shit about E3. They don't need it. Nobody needs it necessarily when you're somebody like Sony. Um, So it is sad to think. But I imagine they'll do a state of play or something like that, you know, on their own. You know, they, they're going to want to do something because it is, it is next gen. You know, they're, they're going to want to talk to its audience, to their audience. So we'll see what they end up doing. But yeah, they're skipping it again, you know, 
you know, whatever that means for E3, we'll see in the future. Will E3 still be around? You know, that, that headline you'll see 75 times before the next E3. You know, is E3 dying? No, nah, it'll probably be fine. Microsoft's going to be there again. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, so I've got a news. I wanted to start doing something with the show. You know, after I wrap up news, I, I want to start just kind of having a chat with y'all about a topic or, or, or something that's on my mind. Um, and this, this particular week, I, I want to talk about second chances, um, for video games, you know, because I've had two very, um, interesting experiences, um, at the end of 2019 and here in the very early stages of 2020, you know, going back to games, 2019 was a great year for games. There's a lot of stuff to play. Um, some things I, I fell off of, some things didn't hook me, some things I quit. Um, and I spent the better part of the last like month and a half or so, you know, going back to, you know, cause I don't, I really ha- have much to play. I mean, nothing's going to be coming out this year yet. Going back and, and trying to either get back into games I quit or try to get back into games I didn't quit necessarily, but they, that just didn't hook me. And so I did that with Sekiro. Sekiro I had some major problems with. I quit around Mibu Village. I went back to it and I streamed up to the last boss. I still have some major problems with that game. I have some major problems with Miyazaki sniffing his own farts. Loves making you fight the same boss 18,000 times in his fucking game. I fought that damn ape six times. I'm fighting fucking Genichiro again. Sorry for Sekiro spoilers. But god damn it, Miyazaki, could you chill? <clears throat> I just want to learn the last boss. Stop making me fight the same fucking copy-paste fight I just fought. You son of a bitch. So I quit Sekiro again because it's this is annoying. I've seen the whole game, though. I'm good. I, I don't need to see any more, you know? So I don't get to see the final cutscene. That doesn't make any sense. It's whatever. I saw I, I saw all three phases of the last boss. I... I I don't get any pride from beating that. I'm not a real ninja. I don't care. But I went back to my point is I went back to Sekiro, you know, to try to make amends for a little redemption for the game for myself, because it's a game that for 15 hours I loved to death. And I'm really happy I went back despite me, you know, just realizing again, you know, how I feel about it is still how I feel about it. I got to see some amazing pieces of content, you know, in between where I quit and then where I drew my final conclusion on the game. Um, you know, particularly the dragon fight, uh, you know, some of the stuff in the the water level. I forget the name of these places. Um, but, you know, I, I saw some really cool pieces of content and, and the owl fight too. And I had a lot of fun with them on stream. It was the first game I started streaming, um, twist.tv slash pepperedham. Give me a follow, man. I'm streaming all the time. Watch me suck at Tetris. I had a lot of fun streaming it. You know, I met some cool people that way. Um, and it, and it, and it really relaxed me and, and, you know, it, it really, um, kept me in check with the salt levels. Um, although it's funny, I don't know if the archive's still up of when I discovered that I have to fight phase one of an old boss every single time I want to try to fight the final boss. The look on my face during that stream was probably just pure. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, and then I went and I have been, I have tried now, this is a segment about second chances. I have tried, this is my third time. Ha ha, how fitting. Three houses. This is my third time giving a shot, a crack at Fire Emblem Three Houses. Now, if you listen to Permadeath, if you listen to our main show, if you aren't just a weekly listener, you know by now 
that Abby loves Fire Emblem. And she lets us know that. We know that. Um, and we are supportive of her Fire Emblem love. Now, you will also maybe realize, if you've watched us for a long time, that Kinross and Abby always play things that I recommend. You know, I got them in the Yakuza. They love it. They're obsessed with it. I have never successfully gotten into something that they recommended to me. <laughs> that I, Or, you know what, maybe not so much that I didn't get into it. It's just that I've never really given recommendations in general. People recommend music to me all the time, movies to me all the time, TV shows to me all the time. I'm always spitting recommendations out to people. Hey, watch this, listen to this, you know, play this. And people are always doing the same to me. And I always go, oh, shit, yeah, I got to check that out. I really got to check that out. And then I never do it. You know, I always just keep going on my own path over here. Um, and so Fire Emblem just kind of kept sticking around. I bought it on launch. I came to this conclusion, early conclusion that strategy games, not for me, you know, strategy games just aren't for me. Um, you know, and I think I made that very conclusion on the most recent episode of the permanent podcast, you know, where I said, you know, I think it's just time to, to come, you know, to face the facts that turn-based strategy is not for me. Valkyria Chronicles was a fluke. I kept reinstalling Fire Emblem, you know, and I want to say it's because like, oh man, you know, it's because I, there's part of something about it I like. I think, I think part of it is that it's one of the, you know, for a lot of people, one of the best games of 2019. So many people love Three Houses, you know, it, it, it gained a lot of new um, fans to the franchise, you know, and, and just people are really attached to the Golden Deers, the Blue Lions and the Black Eagles. People love these Three Houses. People love that. You know, people have always loved you know, you know, with Awakening, you know, with the relationships and, and with but just with the way these games are written for the player, you know, to find characters that they like, Fire Emblem has gained a large following pr- primarily based around the characters, you know, and people's like, liking, uh, and people taking a liking to these characters. And I wanted some of that action, you know? I really wanted to to feel that way about this game because I... When I first played it back when it came out, there's a lot about it I liked. You know, I think I, I don't even know if I said it on the podcast. I don't remember. You know, I like the whole school stuff. You know, I like the characters. You know, I like all the stuff around everything, but I but I, I can never get into the battling because I feel like I'm too dumb. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And I sat down for the third time. I reinstalled Fire Emblem and I'm like, I'm I'm doing it. I, I, I'm sitting down. I have nothing else to play. I have no other game started. I mean, besides Pokemon and Ukulele and The Witcher. But I have no game started. I'm going to sit down and learn this shit. I'm going to learn this game. I'm going to try to figure out what it is that's not that's not clicking with me. Because most of the things I read is that this is a pretty easy Fire Emblem game. You know, people are, one of the complaints is the difficulty. That it isn't really there. And I'm like, okay, Bill, you're, you're missing something if you're sucking at it this badly. Playing on normal. Classic, but normal. So I sat down, and I just, I took the half hour, I took the dreaded 30 minutes it took (laughs) to understand the class system of the game, which made the game immediately click into place for me of like, oh, wow, okay, now I get it, now I understand what I'm, what, what I'm working towards on each character. There's a lot of skills to look at and a lot of letter grades. And obviously, you know, most characters have a baseline specialization. Oh, this character is good with bows. This character is good with spears. You know, but I get lost in the, well, you can kind of make them whenever you want, and you can. 
You know, I'm just following what their like, you know, baseline desires are. I'm not, I'm not going all crazy on me here and changing the archer into a mage. Um, but, but, you know, it was overwhelming at first to see all that stuff to be like, Oh my God, I, I don't know what to do with these. There's so many characters. I don't know what to do with them. You know, I feel like I'm fucking up if I'm not, you know, spending the time training them in this or doing this or making them that. But once I took a look at the damn fucking, you know, um, the class system and, and how it works, it's it's very simple and straightforward of, okay, this character uses spears, you know, you can kind of look ahead at the advanced classes, you know, and see which ones use spears and then realize, okay, I kind of want to put Ferdinand on this route, you know, and then you, and then it's like any other game, you know, not hard at all. Just level the things that are important to get that job, to get that class. Once that clicked and I advanced everyone ahead into their new job, it, I was steamrolling battles, having a great time, loving the characters, realizing that I don't hate turn-based strategy. I'm just an impatient asshole. That's the conclusion to draw. Don't draw the conclusion that I hate a thing when it's just me being dumb. And that's exactly what it was because I am hooked, hooked, hooked on three houses. I am actually hesitant to turn it on most nights if I get home late from whatever it is that I'm doing because I know if I turn it on, I'm not going to turn it off for another four hours. So I'm loving it. I am so happy I gave the game a second chance. You know, and, and it's very rare that I have the time to do that, though, is why this usually doesn't happen. It's been rare for me to like, OK, I'm going to go back to Sekiro. It's been like eight months since I quit that fucking game. Let me go back to it. Well, I have I had nothing else to play. You know, what I mean, nothing was came out in December, really. Nothing big, any, you know, smaller games and patches for service games that I play, but there was nothing on my docket. <clears throat> you know, I, I have this this little two-month period here where I have nothing else going on, really. No big releases that I'm interested in. So I have had the time to give games a second chance. And I think if you have a game like that, one that, you know, you were initially excited about, you know, and, and you're not sure... You know, if you gave it a fair shake or, or, you know, if you liked it, but, you know, you just weren't sure if you should devote the time to it at the time. If you've got nothing else to play, man, and it's just kind of lingering there, if it's sitting there, you know, rent free in your head, just like, play, man. You remember me? You know, and you're thinking about that $60 you spent on it, digital, so you can't resell it. Um, maybe go back and give it a shot. You know, you might find a, you know, you might find you turn a new leaf on it or, you know, you can confirm your suspicions that you did indeed not really enjoy it. Or, you know, you could find one of your favorite games. You know, it's it's fun to go back, you know, because I, I, it's also up to mindset, too. Second chances for games is always interesting because, you know, it depends what mindset you entered that game with on the, in the first place. You know, for me, I think for Fire Emblem, I was just unwilling at that time that it came out, unwilling to learn, you know. Because let's see, when did Fire Emblem Three Houses come out? Three Houses... Release date, July 26th. Okay, it was like a month before WoW Classic. In that summer time frame, I don't remember what else I was playing around then, but I, I think it was just, you know, really, I didn't, I went into that game not willing to learn it the way that I should have learned it. You know, and here, you know, I went back a second time, and again, unwilling to really learn it. But this time, I sat down and just gave the game its due. And look at that. It's as good as everyone says it is. You know? I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Um, but yeah, that's my little ramble at the end of an episode. Give games a second chance. 
You know, you can confirm your suspicions or you can find something unexpectedly great, something unexpectedly that lands unexpectedly high in your list for the year. Uh, nice big old surprise smooch on the cheek. But uh, this has been Perma Death Weekly. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you're happy that I'm back. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, you can go to youtube.com slash permadeathpodcast and check out the 2019 gaming quiz of the year that uh, Ebby put together to pit Kinross and I against each other. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the outcome of that, um, but it was a lot of fun. Ebby put a lot of work into that quiz, and I think beyond it being just a fun quiz and a fun way for Kinross and I to fight, um, I think it's a pretty excellent recap of 2019. It covers pretty much all the major bases of the year. Um, so if you're looking for a, a trip down memory lane of the year that we just concluded, that piece of shit, uh, 2019, you can go ahead and watch that and enjoy it, you know, and, and bang your head on the wall on, on, uh, about answers that uh, neither Kinross nor I know. Um, she put together a pretty, pretty good, uh, quiz on a difficulty scale. Um, it was a lot of fun. So check that out. Um, you can also find me. I have been streaming. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash pepperedham. I've been streaming a lot of Tetris 99 with some of the song requests bought up. Um, usually I've been doing those Saturdays, but I've also been doing the Monday nights as well lately. Um, just kind of feeling it out when works best for my schedule. No concrete Twitch schedule yet. Um, but uh, you can go ahead and give that account a follow. You can follow me on Twitter as well to get notified when I go live. You can also join the Discord. Links to that. Guess what? Or down below here, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube, find it. Go to the YouTube. Go to the Twitter. Seek it out, my friend. You can join the Discord. We have a channel there that notifies you whenever one of us three on the show here go live. Um, Ebby just started streaming the Black Eagles route of Fire Emblem Three Houses, so you can look forward to notifications from myself, whether I'm playing Tetris or fucking about and something else. Um, when Kinross goes live with Travis Strikes Back, is it strikes back or strikes again? Don't know. One of those. Uh, and also when Abby goes live with Fire Emblem. So that is all fun and all accessible into the Discord. Um, yeah. Uh, let me know what you think about the year ahead. Let me know what you think about anything that I've talked about in this show. List to that is obviously on the screen. Timestamps down below in the description. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at permapodcast. Me on Twitter at Peppered Ham. You can send us an email if you'd like. I haven't asked that for, I haven't asked for an email in a while. Permanentpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to send your questions there, you can also submit questions to the Twitter or on the Discord. And yeah, I think that about covers everything. There is no way in hell I'm doing that entire piece of housekeeping again in such a flawless fashion. Um, yeah, again, drop us a line if there's anything you'd like to ask or suggest. Um, we are always available. I am always around. We are always around. Um, and yeah, um, just enjoy yourself, everybody. <laughs> Try to enjoy yourselves these days. Everyone gets mad about this hobby we play um, and enjoy. And, you know, you could be using that energy to instead try to figure out why you didn't like something and come out on the other side happy about video games instead of trying to hate everything that gets announced. That's my lesson for this week. Just be happy. Games are so good, man. We got so many cool things. So what if a piece of DLC is not good enough for you? Play something else. <laughs> anyway, I'm coughing on my laughter. Oh, my God. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>